Perfect to welcome everybody to the Coaches in the Mouth pod. Coach Jeff Williams here along with Coach Brad Cook and the Mouth Brett Bender. Big guest on today. Yeah. I mean, big guest. We Whoa, got, huge right here. We've got a big guest. Looking forward to talking to him. We've got Coach Eric Musman, the head head hog himself, the head basketball coach at the University of Arkansas. Man, I can't wait to get him on here and talk to him a little bit about his team and then you know how he's put his team together like he does every year. What, Bray, what are you? I mean, what are you looking at? I'm going to ask him some coaching questions, and, and I'm a huge fan. You know, I love, I love Razorback basketball and what he's done down there in Fayetteville, and it's been fun to follow, especially like you said, you know, the way he kind of puts together his teams uh, each year. So, I, so I'm going to ask him a couple coaching questions just to, just to take some notes. Well, in the schedule, I mean, yeah. he said, I mean, he's really beefed the schedule up. Mouth, what are you looking forward to hearing from Coach? I'm just, I'm just fascinated how he is the ma- the mad scientist. When he's when he and his staff are putting the team together, that uh, how do they how do they do it? Where at March into February every year they're peaking and they're they're ready to rock and roll when the NCAA tournament comes around. And I want to get his philosophy on that, how he prepares the team for that. Well, and I also want to find out the status of Brazil. You know, a young man that hurt his ACL last year. I thought it was a big blow to our team last year, and he's back and and. You know, he's an NBA guy all the way, and, and look forward to seeing that. Well, let's go ahead and bring him on right now. Uh, our BSN guest of the week, Coach Eric Musselman. your your off season been i've seen you at a couple baseball games doing your thing how's you in, in the football terms we say summer which you, you you carry on over how was your summer a little bit of fall i know you're in fall camp what what'd you learn what'd you do well we had a great off season first of all our players really worked hard we're allowed to work with our guys eight out of the ten weeks that they're here for summer classes and they go home for two and a half weeks and they come back and, and we get them, you know, for a short stretch before we start playing. Um, but the staff did a, did a great job of trying to dive in uh, to some new studies to try to um, come up with some philosophical X and O things, tweak, so to speak. Um, we've added a lot of what the Milwaukee Bucks, how they played their five out offense two years ago. Um, so we got their teach tape and, um, have been able to show our guys Milwaukee running actions and then how we're trying to mirror those actions. So from a schematic standpoint, um, did have good staff think tank sessions uh, to go through some of the, the, the ways that the NBA is playing. Uh, two years ago, uh, we kind of tried to mirror what Golden State did um, and, and their phil- philosophy of playing off the elbows and uh, getting their guards to move and their bigs to run dribble handoffs. And now we've kind of evolved into this five-out offense that, like I said, Coach Bud in Milwaukee had, had run um, two seasons ago. And then just from a, a development standpoint, um, I was able to get with a lot of uh, MLB managers um, and spend some time with them, spend some time with a couple NFL coaches as well. Um, got an opportunity to, to spend a full day with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, when Miami was was having a joint scrimmage with the Houston Texans. Uh, that was a great experience to tr- try to uh, sit in the back of the room and watch Mike McDaniel. He, he's a very unique coach in the way that he connects with his players. 
um, sitting in on staff meetings, uh, having the ability to to watch an offensive coordinator go through some of his uh, day of game uh, preparation that he did with his guys. So really good stuff learning as well. And and uh, here we are getting ready, getting ready for the start of college basketball season. Well, it's got, you know, it's right here. You know, I mean, you're sitting there, we're, we're in the middle of football and I looked up at the schedule and, and I mean, you're, you're playing. I mean, it's, 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 it's almost time. Let's get into this. And this is something I've always wanted to ask you. You know, with your dad, you know, being the NBA, people that don't know, your dad was a legendary NBA coach. I mean, whenever there was a job come open, his name was always in in the mix, all that. And you, you know, working in the NBA, you lost four or five guys to the NBA this year, young guys. What's your mindset? And I think it's so cool how you build your team. Dive into that a little bit. Well, how you do it with your coaches, or you, you're kind of an older bunch this year, where you were so young last year. Do you take those things in consideration, or is it position, or or what? When you all get in that, get in the lab in there, and you're building your team, what all goes in in playing that? Well, there's a lot of things that you know. I think first of all, Jeff, it's like who can you really get? Because you know, I think everybody you know has desire to have the most talent and. And and get guys that work hard and and uh, for us we want guys with great length, um, but you got to try to like who can you really get when you when you're building out a roster? Um, certainly last year's team we had six freshmen, uh, three guys that were one and duns that that you know that were here for eight months, played thirty some college games, and and then their NBA dream came true. And every player's on his own timeline, you know and. And uh, you never really know. I mean, the a uh, couple years ago when we had the recruiting class of of Jalen Williams and and Moses Moody and Devo Davis, and you know those three guys, they all kind of have their own timeline on how the thing kind of works out for them as well. And um, one, we want our players to try to reach their dreams and their goals as quick as possible, which we know that guys want to play in the NBA. And then we hope when when they go pro that they uh, have the ability to stick in the NBA because because it's really hard. Um, you know, it's 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 almost like you can get drafted, but then how long can you turn that thing into a career? And it's been really neat to watch our guys and the success that they've had. Um, you know, we have not had a lot of guys in a short amount of time get cut or waived. Right now, these guys are sticking. Uh, NBA organizations are talking about work ethic and basketball IQ that most of our guys ha have exhibited, which is awesome. Um, but we did feel like, hey, we wanted to get a little bit older this year. The six freshmen was probably, you know, too many. As we've looked back in hindsight, maybe, you know, with the day and age of the transfer portal, you know, probably it makes more sense to have anywhere from two to four freshmen and not six. Um, but we do feel like we want we want to get two incoming guys at minimum uh, that can help uh, our team on the floor, that we can help them develop as players. Um, and then it's all about just trying to make the pieces fit, you know, and, and uh, you don't want a lot of duplications on your roster, especially when you only have 13 guys. So um, how the pieces to the puzzle fit become extremely important as well. Well, you got to be real specific on probably who you target and what you're looking for. I mean, that's 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 pretty obvious. Well, you know, you had you know, 
big group go to the NBA, and you know you hit on the sticking part. And we had a, a coach on earlier this this year talking about he's put you know ten or twelve guys out in Division One football programs, and but they've all stayed and finished. And Traylon Burks is in the NFL, and and that's you know, contested the you and your program and how you get those guys ready. Well, let's let's get on into your team this year. Got a lot of new faces again. Uh, I keep hearing this stat over and over that the older teams are the ones that are winning national championships and blah, blah, blah. I don't know, but, you know, that's for somebody else. Get into the guys that you got. You got a pretty good cork, you know, you know Penny played a little bit, of course, Devo, and, and getting Brazil back, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But go into some of your new guys, and, and what, what do you see so far? Well, I think for, you, you brought up a great point, Jeff, when you look at, like, Okay, who is returning that can help the new guys um, and kind of be buddy coaches or a coach on the floor, whatever term you want to use? Obviously, Joseph Pinion, he had a great summer for us, really shot the ball well, has improved his rebounding, needs to continue to improve defensively. Um, Devo Davis is a guy that um, actually has more uh, NCAA experience than any player in the SEC. We just looked up that stat uh, the other day. Um, and then you look at a guy like Brazil that's coming back from an injury but understands the system. He understands the expectations um, of the program. Um, and then even our two, you know, walk-ons. I mean, those two guys uh, play a big factor in trying to teach new guys what expectations are along with uh, Jalen Graham. So all those guys are, are really, really important. Makai Mitchell. So we do have a pretty solid nucleus of returning guys, and then you add in um, a group of what we feel are really exciting transfers. Um, you know, we've added some some depth um, at at all positions, but uh, two incoming freshmen, Layden Blocker and Bayfall, uh, both guys uh, have great work ethics, really good toughness, and then the transfers. Um, you know, Traymond Mark is a player that comes from the University of Houston, been very, very well coached from Calvin Sampson. has got great toughness, plays both sides of the basketball. L. Ellis, uh, a high-scoring point guard uh, from Louisville, um, really scored the ball. L. Ellis did in junior college as well. Um, and then we have some, some guys like uh, D. Harris from Southern Miss, uh, who's a great loose ball getter. Um, Chandler Lawson, who started uh, 20 plus games at the University of Memphis. So uh, we have a really good nucleus. Uh, uh, Khalif Battle, uh, who scored the ball um, uh, in, in his past two college stops that he's had. So a lot of guys to be excited about. Um, but now, again, roles are going to start forming, shots, minutes, all the things that are tough decisions for any coach at any level of any sport. Well, and you do a great job of giving those guys opportunities. I mean, early on, and and you, you always figure it out. Mouth, I know you got a bunch of questions. You've been you drove all the way from Stuttgart here today to I, talk to Coach. Oh yeah, I had to, Coach. First of all, let me tell you, I first I first became aware of your uh, of your father, Bill Musselman, by getting home from school early and cutting on ESPN back in the old days and watching him coach, coach the Albany Patroons. In the in the in the armory in Albany, wow. New York, and that, and that's true. They they the, one of their series against Wyoming was on ESPN. All seven games. It was a seven game series. There's not a lot of people that that remember those Albany Patroons. But a, a, 
Gosh, I was about, I guess I was about the 10th grade, about 10th grade and sophomore in high school. I started following your father and following him through the, uh, the, uh, the Timberwolves when he was the inaugural coach of the Timberwolves, correct? Yes, he was. Yep, he sure was. And that Albany team, if you look back at who played on it, it's really interesting. Rick Carlisle, current head coach in the NBA. Sam Mitchell was an NBA head coach and, and a two-time NBA head coach and was actually coach of the year. Scott Roth was on that team. Scott Roth, a longtime NBA assistant and was uh, just recently named Australian uh, Professional League Coach of the Year. Um, Sidney Lowe was a head coach in the NBA, and Sidney was on that team as well. So it's amazing uh, how many guys played on that team and then ended up coaching. Todd Murphy has been a longtime head coach at the collegiate level uh, on the in the East Coast. So there are a lot of lot of guys that were really good players on that Albany team, but but then went on to really good coaching careers as well. Um, coach, my my question for you is. Um it's just incredible what makes i consider you a great march coach the proof's in the pudding by you've gone to two uh you've gone to two two let's see one two 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 two, 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 two elite eights here at arkansas in the last three years and your uh nevada team was right there was also a sweet 16 and elite 18 what do you what do you do that gets what makes a great march coach because it feels like your team gets gets better and better throughout the throughout the season that you don't have uh, peaks and peaks and valleys you stay pretty much steady if that makes any sense yeah, I think one it's 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 really good players. Um, you know, <laughs> that helps. And, and when you make decisions, like I tell people all the time, uh, a couple years ago, um, you know, we we beat Colgate in an NCAA tournament game, and I went back and we had a staff meeting. And I said, "All right, it's Jalen Williams' time to start," and he really hadn't started his freshman year. And all of a sudden, we advance, win a game in the NCAA tournament, and then we insert Jalen Williams into the starting lineup after we had won a game. There's not a lot of people that would do that. Um, as I look back, I sit there and go, well, I was the dummy that wasn't starting him earlier in the year. <laughs> but, but I, you know, we, we are flexible enough to make changes during the course of the year and to tinker. And I think a lot of coaches are apprehensive to do that. I know that uh, a couple years ago, it was it, I mentioned the Jalen Williams into the starting lineup his freshman year. And then the next year, it was Trey Wade. Trey Wade did not get many minutes at all. We felt like we needed another guy that could be a complimentary player and a player that would defend, rebound his position, and not need the basketball in his hands. Um, and so we made a change. Took, took out maybe a little bit better offensive player, inserted a guy that would do more of the intangibles, and it changed the complexion of our team. And then I think if you want to be good in college basketball in March, you have to try to get a ball club that's fresh mentally, fresh physically, and then maybe most importantly, the team spirit is at a certain level, and that's why we try 
when we do make an NCAA tournament, we try to do as many off-floor things as we can, whether it's go to the San Francisco Giants baseball stadium and tour the stadium, uh, whether it's go to Niagara Falls when we're playing in Buffalo and, and, and get out of our hotel rooms to try to ex- experience and embrace uh, the site that we might be assigned to. Well, Coach, you, you, know, you, you talk about the end of the season and, and March and, and how that kind of amps up. Uh, with the competition there, but but going looking at the start of the season uh, with your non-conference games, um, what goes into the scheduling uh, of those games and what exactly are you looking for uh, to start your season? Great question. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Number one, uh, the end goal is always how are we positioned to be in the NCAA tournament? That's goal number one. Goal number two is how are we in position to get the highest possible seed in the NCAA tournament? And then the conference is a very distant third in my mind. And, you know, some people's philosophy is to try to take care of business in only conference play. We're solely focused on what we can do in March, how we can win in March, how we can advance in March. Um, so you schedule accordingly. Um, you know, even our exhibition. Um, playing Purdue, um, who's ranked second in, in, in one poll and third in another, like that's going to be a big challenge for a team that has so many new players. But Purdue's got a lot of returners. They have a great coach in Matt Painter. Uh, they have an inside guy at seven foot three, probably a guy that we won't see in our conference, but we wanted to see him even in October thinking about March because that might be the type player that we have to play. Um, in March and so um, and and Purdue's completely different team than most of the SEC teams I mean um, so it's a contrast in style to what we get in conference it's a different flavor a different taste of what we have to experience Um, but we want to challenge our team too so we're ready for SEC play and that's why we're playing Oklahoma and Tulsa that's why we have the three really really difficult games in Nassau Bahamas in the Battle of Atlantis um, and so therefore, uh, and you've got to always schedule it. If you don't have a great conference season, you've scheduled well enough in the non-conference to put yourself in play on selection Sunday so that you can hear your program's name called. Sure. 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 Well, coach, let's get with this. You know, Brazil goes down last year, which I thought was just, y'all overcame it. I mean, you know, injuries are injuries. Things happen. The guy's an unbelievable player. He's coming back. Everybody thought that he's pretty healthy. Are we pitch counting this guy early? So we got him late, or do we? What's our mindset? Hey, put him out there, let it go. What's how are y'all handling that situation? Because everybody does it differently. Yeah, no. So you know, when you really dive and you do research on on ACLs and knee injuries, you know, after nine months, the risk factor goes drastically down. So the, the first thing we did is we met as a staff with team doctors, trainers, um, TB himself, your coaching staff. We just want to make sure that he was past that nine-month mark before we really had him do anything um, movement-wise where he had to react. So it was fine for him to be able to run at his own pace, for him to be able to cut at his own pace. But the minute you add... Um, Hey, I have to react. Now, all of a sudden, the cutting becomes different. And, and um, he's back full practice. 
Uh, we're hopeful that in the exhibition game that he'll be able to play five minutes a half. And then the second exhibition game, maybe turn that to 12 minutes a half, which would put him at 24 minutes for the game. And then maybe that first game, get him right there between 25 and 28 minutes. Uh, and then continue to progress based on uh, hopefully lack of swelling, lack of soreness, um, and keeping him, uh, you know, we're going to try to get him to the finish line as well. Well, that's always the key with everybody. I mean, and you hate that for that young man last year, but I think he's going to be have a huge, huge year for you guys. Last thing before we get in and have a little fun with some other questions is talk to us about the league. I've watched the SEC, you know, the over the last, you know, for 100 years, but, but the really the last six or seven years, probably when you kind of came to the league, the coaching, is, I mean, high-notch coaches, the players, and and I know they were talking about, you know, SEC there before you got to Arkansas, oh, the whole league were, you know, weren't really getting respect in the tournament. Talk to us about the league and where it's at. You know, you know we got great coaches at every spot, uh, great players. Talk to, us, talk to us about the league and how you see it. And if you got a crystal ball and all that good stuff, uh, we'd love to have and know where you're going to be. But talk to us how tough the league is and, and about the league overall. Yeah, I mean, I think the SEC is the best basketball league. Obviously, for years and years and years, the, the league's been talked about from a football standpoint. But I think if you look baseball-wise, basketball-wise, it it to me is a little bit underrated. Um, unbelievable coaches in our league. If you look at the NBA draft over the last five years, the SEC has done some serious damage with NBA draft picks. Um, but you look at the coaching, uh, you know, some of the top teams, you know, going into the year, when you look at how the national media is, is, has dissected the league, um, again, not necessarily a personal opinion, but Texas A&M has a lot of returners, almost their entire team. Buzz Williams does a great job. He's an excellent X and O coach. Um, Kentucky has a uh, incredible recruiting class, a lot of freshmen, uh, but but they have a lot of guys that are going to get drafted very high. Coach Calipari's a master working with younger players and getting them uh, to produce. Um, and then, and then Rick Barnes, I mean, the job that he's done, whether it's at Texas or Tennessee or Providence, it doesn't matter wherever Rick Barnes goes, he wins. Uh, that team cuts harder than any team I've ever played against. They are a great cutting team. You can tell that they're extremely well drilled in practices. And then there was some, some, some surprise teams last year that played really, really well that maybe weren't talked about this time of year. And, They'll certainly be that again. Alabama's really, really talented. Uh, Auburn is extremely talented. They have a, a big man in Johnny Broom who's back and is, is one of the best players in our league. So a lot of really, really talented teams and a lot of well-coached teams. Mississippi State, Missouri, those two teams made NCAA tournaments last year. And Todd Golden at the University of Florida did a great job, just a phenomenal job in the transfer portal. So some really, really good teams and really well-coached teams and, and a league, again, that's going to be stacked with NBA draft picks. Every night. I mean, you you got to strap it on every night. Now, Coach, and, and your, your Chargers played by Cowboys last night in, on, on Monday Night Football, and you're, you're a big Staley fan. You're a big analytic guy, all right? And this has kind of been rolling around in the football world. We're, we're a little late to the party. We're getting our analytics and all this part of it. And I know numbers are numbers, and I'm a numbers guy myself. 
but there's there ever a time in there you go, that ain't right. We don't need to do that. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? Talk to me how you use your analytics and where the coach part comes in and then where the numbers, you got to go with the numbers. Talk to us a little bit about that. What, you're right about how Coach Daly, it was interesting. Um, I was on a recruiting trip and uh, my son was with me and we ended up uh, driving uh, to, the, to the Chargers facility. Um, and I just kind of wanted to get a picture with Coach Staley and introduce myself, let him know I was a Charger fan. Their general manager was also there. We ended up sitting and talking for over an hour and a half. Um, and we talked a lot about analytics. He wanted to know kind of how we used it. We got an insight into how uh, the Chargers use it. Um, but I think, you know, for us analytically, a lot of it can help from a game prep standpoint. Who we want shooting the ball as an, oppo- uh, as an opposing team which guys are most effective in which areas on the floor, what areas on the floor do we want our opposition to take shots from. Um, So I do think from a game prep standpoint, both individual tendencies of your opponent uh, as well as the the overall opponent on both sides of the ball offensively and defensively become extremely important. And then I think just the self-scouting, numbers can really, really help you uh, analytically, if you dive in and self-scout, hey, where's the strengths and weaknesses of our team? Who's hot over the last five games? Why are they hot? Where are their shots coming from? Um, so I think analytically, and then you can also help a player from an individual standpoint by taking numbers throughout his career and then trying to help a player come up statistically with a career year. And that's something that we learned from Pat Riley um, and how he had uh, a, 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 a career year plan for each and every one of his players. Well, and I've actually read about that with Coach Riley on how he did. That's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. So let's get into things that are really important here, Coach. Really important. We we've had a crazy college football year. I mean, uh, and I think it's a lot to do with the portal. You know, Colorado's hot. Dion, Coach Prime's rolling, and then you know you look out the West Coast and Washington, Oregon, and you know Michigan, Ohio State's there. You know, everybody's not talking about Georgia down here. All all they're doing is just keep on winning and playing defense. Coach Saban kind of figured it out a little bit. We're going back to 2010. We're going to run the ball, play defense, do the best we can, play great, be great in the kicking game. And then my man Mike Norvell at Florida State, you know, love Mike, I like his team. You watch a lot of college football. Do you watch a lot of sports? I know that. Well, if you got to take your top four, it's early, ladies and gentlemen, we're still in October, but if you got to take your top four right now, who you see going being at the end? Well, I mean, I have, I'm, just because it's on TV uh, every Saturday, because my wife went to Florida State, um, I, I do like the Seminoles for sure um, and, and what Coach Norvell has done with this year's team, especially knowing that uh, there was a little bit of struggle a few years ago. He got through that, uh, still had his own philosophy on how he wanted uh, to do things. Obviously, Georgia. Um, you know, is is rolling right now, and and uh, because of their experience playing in big games, uh, I like Michigan because I'm a I'm a big uh, Harbaugh fan for sure. Um, he actually coached at the University of San Diego, which is where I went to school, and a lot of people don't know that Coach Harbaugh spent time at at USD before he went to Stanford. Um, and it, certainly, I was a big fan when he was at uh, coaching the 49ers as well. Um, so I'm going to go those three, and I guess my fourth would be the Washington Huskies out of the Pac-12. 
Well, I'm with you, Coach. I mean, and I get so ticked off. I watch uh, the the general, you know, Bobby Carpenter every week. He gets on Ohio State first. Ohio State's not even going to be there, man. They got to beat Michigan. They're, they're, we're not even messing with those guys. There you go. I mean, they're, 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 nobody wants to watch that anyway. No, nobody wants to watch that anyway. Hey, what, what if, what if? What if uh, what if we what if I really just nailed those four? That'd be something. I mean, that's something. We're going to put you in the book. We're going to put. Yeah, we we, we check. Here. Everybody comes on this show. We got people that come on predict there. We put them in the book. We check your work, and if it's bad, we bring it up. And if it's good, we bring it up. I mean, it's an equal opportunity situation for everybody. Here. I mean, you might you might have a bunch of football guys on and some basketball coach. Might might have might have picked these four teams. <laughs> we, well, coach, we do that every week. We bring uh, Daryl Fimple on, who's a, a legendary girls basketball coach at North Laurel. He comes on and picks our high school games with us. Uh, last week, wore his Letterman's jacket to the game, which was twenty five years old. Does not fit him anymore. It's pretty embarrassing look for the show. But he was out at his high school with his his Letterman's jacket on. So that's that's how we go. But we've got you in the book. We'll come back here after December and we'll we'll check your work. Like Coach Perilli, appreciate you coming on, taking time. Hey, good luck this season. We'll be at the games, cheering cheering the Hogs on, and good luck. And hope you stay healthy and go all the way this year. Appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. Thank, Thank you, you, Coach. Man, what a great, what a great interview, Coach. Appreciate Coach coming on, but man, you can tell he's very excited about his, about his basketball team coming up and getting to dive into those analytics and things mm-hmm. like that. The things that he uses, him and staff, and putting back. I mean, Brent, what are you, what are you looking forward to? You know, they're fixing to start. They're pl- they're playing this. Fr- they're playing. A, I believe a. Uh, Exhibition game this Friday night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they got them, and then I believe uh, then they got Purdue. And and what what did you take listening to coach about our team? I took that he is very excited about that. He is very excited about this team, seeing where they seeing where they can go, where they start and where they end. I think every year I believe Coach Musselman has is building a team that he thinks is going to make a run to the final four. If they get, you know, there's so much things that's got to happen for you in the NCAA tournament. You got It's all about the bracket you're in and all that. But I think he, he's always building that way where we can, where we can be in there the second and third weekends. Well, and that, that's true. And I, I thought what he hit, you know, he's talking about conference play and that, you know, they're really getting ready for the NCAA term. Well, what a great show. I uh, appreciate coach coming on Bray. Let's talk to our, our audience. So we're going to get some likes and, and subscribes yes, going on. Talk to us about where to find us. Hey, we've had a recent little surge in the old subscriptions coach. Yes, so we have. That, that's a big deal. Um, and of course that's, uh, that's cause we've got some good people coming on the podcast. They, but- they ain't here to listen to us. They're, they're here to listen to Coach Musselman. So, uh, but yeah, like and subscribe. We'll continue to get some uh, some cool names in here to talk some ball uh, on YouTube. We're Coaches in the Mouth Pod, uh, and those subscriptions are a huge deal. And if you, of course you go to our, our X, our X page is just Coaches Pod. Um, you can find us there, which you can also find our full episodes on yeah. X. Well, and and they're coming on. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Hey, this is Coach Jeff Williams along with Coach Bray Cook and the Mouth Brent Bender signing off. See you next time.